Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Scott Corelli from DuelingGenre.com. Alrighty, and welcome back, Scott. And for those who I think everyone knows, Scott has been with us since day one with Man of Steel Minute and Dawn of Justice Minute. So if you guys are huge fans of Dueling Genre, Spider-Man Minute, definitely check out those minutes and also Spider-Man Minute. I think you guys, at this point, you're, you've are you wrapped up on Spider-Man 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've wrapped up on Spider-Man 2, so we're officially on a uh, much-deserved hiatus uh, <laughs> yeah. on that show. But I'm uh, <laughs> because I don't know how to rest... Uh, I think I'm starting with my other co-host, Nick Jimenez. We're starting season two of Cornetto Minute with Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, probably right around now. So go check that out. Yeah. Listen. And, and you worked with Nick on uh, Back to the Future Minute, which... Right. Incredible adventure right. that was. <laughs> yeah, that wrapped up like uh, over a year ago, I think. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is the guy. This is this is the guy I was telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> so, This yeah. is Scott. This is the this is that guy. Yeah, you you have some amazing shows lined up that you that you do. Not only Back to the Future Minute, but you know Spider Man Two is like, you know, not only arguably the best Spider Man movie, but in and in terms of comic book film adaptations, Spider Man Two is up there. So I mean, it's that's quite a quite a thing to be able to talk about, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was it was a ton of fun. And uh, I think that learning everything I did about the making of that movie just grew my adoration for that movie because it, it really is a miracle that it exists the way that it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, today, we're going to be talking about minute number 16 of Suicide Squad. And the minute's going to start with the introduction of Captain Boomerang. And then it's going to end with the introduction of is it Diablo or El Diablo? El Diablo. El Diablo. There's an L in front of there's it. There's an there's an E L in front a, of it. There's a the there. There's a the. Um, For those uh, non-native speakers. This entire week is full of um, villains ca- characters. The whole the whole troop that isn't uh, well except one character that Slipknot. We'll talk about them later. You just. You sit in that corner, Slipknot. We'll talk about you mm-hmm. eventually, uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, this whole For week, a whole two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, there was I was reading in the book earlier, and like it, it mentioned the, the guy, the actor who plays Slipknot, mm-hmm. and it said his name. It said whatever his name was, and then Slipknot. And then I thought for a second, I was like, oh, they like interviewed Slipknot, like the band, Oh had, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh no, wait, were they part of the? I was like costuming or something. Uh, then I was like, oh wait, no, there's a character named Slipknot, <laughs> and I was really disappointed. Um, but yeah, this whole week is full of characters that we're going to learn about. I th- the past three weeks, we've been talking about uh, each week is really isolated on a character: um, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, even. And now we're going to start catching up i guess like on the rest of the team because we got to get to know them within the first 20 minutes so apparently um, yeah yeah but before we get into those characters 
we got to get into our guest of the week here. And Scott, when was the last time you watched Suicide Squad? <laughs> um, the moment that the credits rolled and I was sitting in the theater. <laughs> so you've only seen it once. That's yeah. I I only saw saw it once, and um, I you know I I if if uh, your listeners remember. I have very mixed feelings about Man of Steel. I quite like Dawn of Justice. Um, I went into this feeling like it was going to be a very similar situation to Dawn of Justice mm -hmm. where that movie was coming out and um, word of mouth was really, really bad with like uh, film Twitter and, and film critics and things like that. And I was like, oh, no, what is this going to be? And then I saw it and was like, well, actually, I really like that a lot. What are you guys complaining about? Like, I, I was like, that's, you know, as a movie that stands on its own, it's, it's really good. Like, maybe it's not the Superman and Batman you wanted to see. But as a movie, as a, as a single piece of art telling a story, like, I think it's really good. I really like that movie. And so I thought when word of mouth came out in this and everyone was calling it a disaster, I was like, oh, okay. So this is just the same people doing the same thing and I'm going to go see it and I'm going to really like it. And I saw it and I hated this movie so much. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's garbage and I, and I think that it's the studio's fault that it's garbage. Like I don't even blame David Ayer because you know, he can make mo cohesive films mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. are capable of being real movies. And uh, I think that the studio got freaked out based on the the reception of Donna Justice and uh, butchered his movie and turned it into uh, like a 90-minute music video. And it's bad. Oh, it's really good. bad. A 90-minute music video. That's, yeah, that yeah. Really, I agree with that. Yeah. That, yeah, because th I think the, the licensed music has always seemed to bother me. Oh, and yeah. I think, and, mm -hmm. I, and maybe for some people they love it. And it, and it does work. It's like, it's kind of like a tried and true thing, like in the studio sense, like, hey, just put licensed music, like the audience will get the point. It's like, yes, you're right. But every time I watch these minutes, I'm always like, well, I wonder what it would have sounded like with the Stephen Price score. And I keep thinking about it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Stephen Price is one of the best working composers. I mean, he did Gravity and... Uh, he did one of my favorite scores, Attack the Block, which is just an unbelievable score. Mm -hmm. um, and The World's End, which is another absolutely unbelievable score. It's He's great. And uh, they they just they butchered this movie. They tried to make Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's not what this is, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's not what this should be. I'm a, I'm a big fan. The other part of this is that I'm a big fan of the John Ostrander run mm -hmm. from 86 to 92. Um, I think that that Suicide Squad thing is like one of the best series, like DC series ever made. Um, I think it's really, really good. Uh, you know, making a uh, a series work about a bunch of villains that I didn't really care about, um, and making me care about them, and and making me want to read each issue. I mean, that's really impressive and and you know dc was really strong in the 80s just in general the stuff that they were putting out and i would put suicide squad up there with the best of the best um and this just doesn't doesn't come anywhere close to that tone or or anything um it again like it's it's trying to be guardians of the galaxy and it's just not that's not what this needed to be i and and i don't even think that 
I think doing Guardians of the Galaxy-ing Suicide Squad isn't even a bad idea. It's just that that's not what this movie was. And then mm-hmm. the studio tried to do it in post. Yes. And, in, and then they made – they just ruined it. They just made a thing that nobody really loves, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's that's a bummer because uh, these characters deserve better and everyone involved in this movie deserve better. And uh, I don't know. We just ended with, up with something that there's like a few sparks of things in here that I like um, here and there. But overall, I just, yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of I completely agree. Um, it's like so if let's say there's a Suicide Squad 2, like a sequel, if they mm-hmm. start with the idea that it's going to be like guardians of the galaxy or if justice league was like the, like the theatrical version that came out, if they had decided that that was what they were going to go with day one, it would yep. have been, you know, perfect. But the, the like last minute, the, the, the adjustment always seems to really stick out as obvious. And mm-hmm. that's what seems to plague it a lot. Now, when this film was originally coming out and like kind of saw the first trailer, did you have faith in it then? Yeah. I mean, I, I was I loved the trailer. I watched the Suicide Squad trailer a bunch of times. So it, it felt uh, like because what you were, uh, you know, a fan of from from the 80s, right? No, 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 it didn't. But it felt very confident Mm -hmm. and it felt like something that I was like, okay. I mean, it's not the Ostrander stuff, but it's it's, uh, you know, uh, making a choice. Mm -hmm. And I like what they're doing. Like, I like this movie that they're marketing. But then the movie itself wasn't that it was, you know, it just I mean, you know, they gave it to the trailer house that made the trailer Mm -hmm. to re-edit the movie. And then they had never edited a movie before. And you're watching this and you can tell that they don't know because they can't. I mean, they can't even keep track of narrative threads in this movie. Like they just let narrative threads drop left and right. Um, You don't even really understand the villain plot without like really concentrating and (laughs) connecting dots, unseen dots. Um, And that's that's a that's. You know, that's a failure on that editing house and a failure on the studio for giving them the movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm going to read something that's kind of ironic um, that's in this Art of book. Uh, And it's the first paragraph that introduces the character that we're going to start talking about, which is um, good old Captain Boomerang over here. Um, Mm -hmm. The opening paragraph, it says, in many ways, Boomerang's energy parallels that of the entire film. Perhaps more than any other character, Boomerang is completely unpredictable. He doesn't even know what he's going to do next. On some level, the film exists in this space too, and it's meant to. (laughs) Audiences should feel excited and surprised, caught a bit off guard. He can do or say anything, like crack open a beer and take a gulp while the enemy surrounds him. His bravado speaks for itself. And uh, with that, uh, does the bravado of this film speak for itself? It just sounds like someone, like, it's sitting like in the board. Yeah, sitting in the board and watching this movie. It was like, yeah, that there's a bunch that doesn't make sense. How oh, gonna... it's supposed to be unpredictable. Yeah, it's exactly what that is. Someone was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 that's just it. And it's the one guy in the boardroom that's saying everybody looks at him like, what, really? This mm. guy? Who, who hired mm-hmm. him? Um, and the, the worst thing about this, too, is just like, um, you know, when you look at um, Justice League, and I mean, obviously, I think you guys are probably going to be making comparisons a lot this season because 
they have a lot in common mm-hmm. as far as what happened to them. Um, but, you know, when you look at Justice League, right, the Snyder Cut was very, very early on. And so it would be an expensive ordeal to finish, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a it was an early cut. It was before they even did the reshoots. I mean, it was is an early thing for sure. Um, I think the thing that frustrates me the most about Suicide Squad is that they they paid for the trailer house to edit the movie and David Ayer edited the movie and they're both finished. They just released this one. Like there is a David Ayer cut of this movie yeah. somewhere. Yeah, there's like three I different... Warner, and it's completely finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100% done. Finished. Yeah. And they're never going to release it. And that's really frustrating. Like I understand financially and from a brand um you know, brand narrative story problem, like with the Snyder cut, you wouldn't want to release that as Warner brothers because one, it would be an expensive ordeal. And two, it ends on a cliffhanger that will never be resolved because they're never going to make the second one. But with this one, this was a self-standing movie and the cut is finished. Just, just more than anything, I'm way more on the side of like release the air cut of suicide squad because it would cost them next to nothing. Even if they just released it digitally, don't even release a home video release. Just do a digital release. It would cost you next to nothing, and it would it would just improve your brand and I just make people be like, oh, that's what this was supposed to be. I don't know. No, yeah. It, I mean, it's always very surprising that footage of the supposed, like, you know, well, the Snyder Cut, you know, like, the, you'll see the the footage being leaked online, but it's like, where is the other footage for, I mean, we're going to talk about like around minute 20 Friday's episode about mm-hmm. some, some added footage supposedly in this film, but it's like, where, where is the other footage? Like, where is that? Like if, you know, like I remember air saying that he edited, he put like the final touches on the movie and, and whatnot. And it's like, okay, but how come that's not circulating over the internet if it's like finished? And it's like, it seems even more locked down. It's like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's very strange that they're putting all of their eggs in the basket of like this, this broken, messy basket. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's very valid to compare um, this film and Justice League. I, even like not only meta, but like, you know, I've said it off mic a bunch of times, but this, the reason. The reason they made this film, yes, it was because of the success of Suicide Squad's, you know, popularity. You know, the New 52, it was like, oh, we should make a movie about it. And it's like, well, we also have this cinematic universe. Why not just squeeze them in there? But in terms of this shared universe, it makes sense because this Suicide Squad is supposed to represent a failed Justice League. So that when Justice League does show up, it's like, okay, they're doing it right. And Amanda Waller fails, kind of, but... You know, not really. She always wins. Um, but yeah, in this one, we're we're introduced to Captain Boomerang. Um, mm-hmm. I won't, you know, go into too much detail about Captain Boomerang and who he is. But if Nate, you want to talk about it, or Scott, if you guys want to, um, I, I I think Scott has a lot to talk about Captain Boomerang. I'll just shout out just the things I need to shout out. First appearance was Flash number one seventeen. Uh, Strapped Barry to a giant boomerang, flew him out over the ocean. <laughs> that's that's what you got to do. Um, Heck yeah! Right? I mean that that issue yeah. is 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 cool. Like that's like comic book is what it is. It's this criminal I, that just takes a job that he found in the paper. It's like we need a spokesperson for our toy company. And this guy's like, yeah, I'll do it. 
<laughs> and it's like, all right, yeah, to take some pictures with these uh, wacky boomerangs. He's like, oh yeah, I can rob a bank with these. And uh, just that, like, done. The the mindset just went immediately from right. pickup job. I can rob a bank. You pick up boomerang. <laughs> yeah, I think I could rob a bank. <laughs> exactly. It's just good. It's 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 fun. Um, it's I, I think it's one of the most memorable flash moments just because of the giant boomerang. You see that all over the time. I, I think they did it in one of the animated shows. Um, I think it was in the Justice League episode. Mm, mm. No, it was in one of the movies. Doesn't matter. Um, but it's an animation somewhere you can find it. Uh, Scott, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I mean, I love Silver Age Flash. It's uh, Flash comics. It's like one of my favorites. Um, you know, Spider Man is gonna be my favorite superhero of all time. But the Flash is like neck and neck. Um, I, I just, I love, I love the Flash, uh, and I love his Rogues Gallery. He's got my favorite Rogues Gallery, I think, in comics. Um, and, uh, Captain Boomerang is great. And honestly, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang is of all of the characters in this movie. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe Amanda Waller aside. I mean, she's pretty great. Oh yeah. Uh, all things considered. Um, but I think he's the one that really nails the character more than anybody else. Um, as far as like the Suicide Squad members, uh, he's really good. I mean, he's everything I kind of wanted Captain Boomerang to be, and he's sort of like the one bright spot on this movie, which is really interesting because I remember at the time, uh, and and really, you know, the joke even still is that Jai Courtney is like uh, just generic white guy actor. Um, you know, these like um, like the guy from Avatar and uh, the guy from <laughs> Tron Legacy, you know, like everyone just sort of like, why do you guys keep trying to make these Who is in Tron? random Australian dudes? I, I can't think <laughs> of his name. Who's the guy name, in Tron Legacy? You, um, man, he was in another movie that we watched. Uh, Garrett. It's like Garrett something, yeah. I think. Every, um, everyone else in that movie is amazing. Uh, what was it? Michael? Not Michael Sheen? Yeah. yeah, Michael Sheen was in there. And, yeah, yeah. and Jeff Bridges and Olivia uh, uh, White. Well, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Incredible. Yeah. But, but yeah, so Jay, Jai Courtney would get lumped into them a lot. Um, but I, I always kind of like Jai Courtney. I think he has more charisma than people give him credit for. And I think he's great in this movie because they just seem to, like, just let him do whatever he wanted. What other movies do um, you know him from? Uh, well, he was in that, uh, Terminator Genesis movie, oh, um, yeah. which, yeah, he was, uh, wasn't he uh, in Fury? He was in a war movie. No, he wasn't in Fury. Oh. Uh, I thought David, no. David Ayer did. David Ayer did. Uh, he may be in Fury. I mean, I just don't remember him. He might've been I, on one of the other teams. I'm, I thought, so yeah, it's, I did not know Jai Courtney before Suicide Squad. And I saw mm-hmm. it and I was like, okay, this guy's, this is Captain Boomerang. Like I'm having a good time. Like. Sure, this movie may have a little bit of problems, but like he's pretty. I found it. I found his energy, like pretty energetic. I was like, okay, this is. He's got jokes, but then you know the reviews start coming out and people are like really harshing on this guy. And normally yeah. it's like I understand if someone's like a really bad actor. Like if you want to critique Jared Leto's Joker, like go for it. Like I understand. But I don't know who this guy is, and I don't know where the hate is coming from. But it was like, oh, Jai Courtney can't act, and I was like, I thought that guy was Australian. I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but I thought, is he not? I, I, I don't think so. I think it's just an American guy. All right. But I believed it. I didn't. So that was what was really weird to me was 
Not so much the criticism on the character. Jai, Jai Courtney is Australian. He was oh. he was born in Cherry Brook, Australia. Perfect. Well, I was convinced. What do we do a podcast about this? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was very convinced by the character, and I was sold. And I was like, okay, he's he's you know he's 2018 Captain Boomerang. Like, let's go. That what you just said right there. 2018 Captain Boomerang or 17, whenever this movie came out. Like that is how I take him because when I saw him in Captain Boomerang. I did not get Captain Boomerang feels other than him throwing boomerangs. Uh, that's it. So, like, I mean, Captain Boomerang, in my opinion, had the flair of almost showmanship. It was it, it was a theatrical thing, obviously. In older comics, everybody was theatrical. But his was more so, because um, I don't think there, w- there wasn't that many theatrics in Flash. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they introduced him because, you know, running out of characters and they needed the new rogues gallery and stuff like that. But even then, they were just a bunch of criminal, you know, people hanging mm-hmm. around and just, well, how do we stop the Flash? Um, but I I like that his energy in this movie, you were saying that it matches the movie. I mean, I'm... I didn't say that. The uh, book said it. The book it. says it. I mean, I'll agree with it. I feel Still, I feel like it's more of a Harley Quinn energy movie. But the 2018 um, unpredictability Captain Boomerang is mm-hmm. good. I think it fit really well within this movie without having, you know... A character, you know, some. Oh, we're gonna have a character wear a trench coat and throw boomerangs around. Like someone would be like, "Really? It's 2017." But um, yeah, but at but the same works. time, like, do it. Like, oh yeah. I one mm-hmm. thing that I do like is that they don't explain his boomerang thing. It's just a villain who throws boomerangs. Yeah. He's from Australia. It's and like, I, yeah, get it, it. You get it. You got it. You're good. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I got it. Sure. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, it's okay to have um like some unpredictability in like okay so i'm comparing the film now here where it's like hey we're just as um, the whole the whole film is just as unpredictable as this character it's like that's great but your plot can't be undistinguishable does that one yeah i think it's silly that they're like in in that book they're comparing the entire plot to just one character wouldn't it be better if they're like yeah the plot actually relates to every character's unpredictability you think about it, it'd be like a Suicide Squad. These are a bunch of criminals. Like, yeah, of course they're going to be unpredictable. They're all trying to get away without getting their heads the blown off. The only twists and turns that this film should be following is Amanda Waller's. Like, the film's, like, twists yeah. and turns should be based on, like, her yeah. unpredict- unpredictability. And it would have been a cool mm-hmm. play on the whole checkmate thing if it was more from her side seeing mm-hmm. how the tables were turning and everything. And not just this unpredictable mishmash of <laughs> but uh so in this in this scene um this is this is our introduction to uh digger harkness uh i guess his his first uh like uh his first robbery as they say he's robbed every bank in australia once at least once mm-hmm. but now he's like oh i'm gonna go where the money's at and that's in the u.s of a and here he is robbing this bank here and then he is thwarted by the one and only flash like barry allen yeah well i was thinking like well at this point he's not the flash yet he's just Mm -hmm. kind of track suit thing you don't think he no i think this i i i i i don't know guys i (laughs) i was wondering about the continuity here because I mean, I think it's. I think this movie's a mess, and so I don't think this is going to make sense anyway. Um, but oh, and then also, uh, I mean, this was. I I don't know if you guys were going to talk about this, but this scene was directed by Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. You guys know yes. that, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So so this was shot during the Justice League 
initial Justice mm-hmm. League shoot, um, which honestly sort of gives you an idea that um, the Zack the Zack Snyder version of Justice League wasn't all gloom and doom if he was able uh, capable of shooting something like this. Um, so that that particular um, uh, I don't know me I don't know meme belief of certain people that like that version of Justice League was like too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that that was uh, accurate at all. Um, but uh, it's yeah i don't know where this sits in continuity because it feels to me like it has to take place after justice league um but i don't know what, because I like know. in 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 b in b and um in donna justice the the little bit of flash that we got um the uh time portal notwithstanding um <laughs> the the little bit of flash that we got like he wasn't and he was just a dude at a convenience store mm-hmm. um so this has to be later than that right and like he's so the flash is so self-assured here that that doesn't line up with the character that we meet in justice league so this has to be after justice league right yeah so (sighs) here's the like the issue with the continuity isn't like with like his costume or anything it's really his behavior right i'll disagree and i'll I'll have an argument for you guys yeah Yeah. if if there was like a another shot like right after where he like went around the corner was like i can't believe i just acted my heart out in that hallway (laughs) that would have been that would have been good but in justice league so he says the line i don't fight i push people and run away it's pretty much what he did in this. So I do believe that this is before Justice League. I think maybe two months before Bruce Wayne actually rolls up into his little hideaway. I, I honestly think it was that close uh, in timeline, mm. whatever it is. Mm. Um, but he has a full-fledged suit, the same suit that he had in Justice League. Mm-hmm. He created mm-hmm. it. I And a really good quip. Which yeah, I, I, which I really... Which I really don't... I ne- I, I mean, we'll talk about that when we, I and mean, I guess you guys get to Justice League, but I hate that he created his own suit. It bumps me out. Uh, <laughs> so it, when he creates his own suit and he's running around Central City and all this jazz, I'm under the impression that, boom, day one with a suit out there and it's just a red streak flying around, they're either going to call him a red streak or they're going to call him the Flash. I think day one already, like maybe two days afterwards, hmm. after after he's he done so a, many after word around. Yeah. But I think that, well, I mean... I Iris would give him the name the Flash in the papers yeah. and in Justice League continuity they were on like a small date so I don't even think they were together so I, I how does he get his name <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh man I guess to kind of like to try and preserve the continuity I'll have like this is uh him like all right time to be a superhero runs in he's like no honor among thieves, eh? And then, like, does his thing and then runs out, and then he has to have, like, a complete, like, acting breakdown. It's yeah. Like, okay, okay. So. I like what you're up against the wall. Oh, oh my God. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing, so, yeah, good Snyder scene. I'll, I'll say that. The only thing that I did not like is George's dialogue, uh, Digger's dialogue. Um, it's just, I don't, it just feels so lackluster. What do you mean? We're all going to be rich. Yeah, you and me, mate. Like, that's just like, okay, yeah. I mean, I know that, like, once he said it, it's like, oh, yeah, you're just going to double-cross him. But it just seems so, pardon my French, half-assed. I don't know. That's the one thing about this scene that I just did not like was just him, yeah, you and me, mate, you go get the car. Like, I I just, Uh, it didn't work. I I almost wonder if the scene wasn't strictly written 
It was improv? if it was more of like this is kind of what we want to have happen, and then this was like sort of improv on the day. Yeah, I almost wonder because it's so small, and there's only like what three lines of dialogue between like each each character has one line mm-hmm. right of dialogue. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would. I that's what I would guess is that you know he that's. Something that um, Jai Courtney just sort of came up with. It's just like a faster, more intense, all right, we got it. We're good. Let's move I, on. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that because, you know, the way that Zack Snyder directs is pretty much like, I drew these storyboards. I know mm-hmm. I want to hit these notes. And so and then fill it everything in. is blocked out well. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, the only line of dialogue really was probably just Flash. But, yeah. you know, he was like, I got to, I gotta, you know, put that line in there at least. It is really good though like i you know if it was like kind of like a a pickup shot of sorts like it's this is pretty good like i'm mm-hmm. there's almost a bit of slapstick with the way the guy is like i'm gonna go start the car and then this boomerang comes out of nowhere that th- does it, it i don't remember does it fall to the ground or does it get stuck in him it falls okay to the man yeah. it looked <laughs> like when we were watching it just before recording this i saw it and i was like oh my god i think it's stuck in his head yeah no okay it falls no just, no i think I, I think he just i think he, the plan was just to knock him out oh, and get him okay. get him to like get him the you know yeah, take the blame take the for fall the yeah i got you all yeah. right that that makes more sense all right we got this um <laughs> what else i feel like there was a lot more that i wanted to talk about captain boomerang we have a we have another one of those that uh, right there you you passed oh, it I'm sorry. is that <laughs> is that a vacuum cleaner? Is that the best way to collect diamonds? Just it's get a get a dustbuster. It's the best way to capture ghosts. All right. Okay. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's a pretty good way. It's good. Like, it. Diamonds can get sucked up that easily from a dustbuster. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. I'm not vacuuming <laughs> up diamonds on an everyday basis. Well, well, I'm mean, using about a vacuum things cleaner. Things that you vacuum, you could vacuum up like I, little rocks. I vacuum up I mean, feathers and and cat litter, man. <laughs> Cat, well, cat litter. cat litter. There you go. There you cat go. litter. That's like the diamond yeah. of the. That's not diamond. I don't. I think diamonds are much. All right. Whatever. We're just. <laughs> you guys saw the vacuum and the diamonds, and you're like, yeah, cool. It got makes it. sense to me because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. there. Th- listen, the bank decided to put diamonds on like this carpet thing. That's so, what they do. Though. That's how they show them. Yeah. So it's their fault. We did Reservoir Dogs. We know. Yeah. Why? Wait. 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 Why do they show diamonds at a bank? I did again. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> it's just. But normally it would be a diamond exchange, right? Do, uh, oh, I guess security. They're, they're in like uh, they're in a security box. Remember like that someone. episode of Family Guy where they get locked yeah, in like yeah. a personal asset box? Because yeah, yeah. if you look in this room, there's jewelry it's hanging a bunch. on, like uh, like mannequin things, yeah. and displays and stuff. So they're like robbing people's personal treasures. And that one particular person had just a box full of tiny diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting to get vacuumed up. Just a rock collection. Just a bunch of rhinestones. <laughs> Man, what do you think that person does for a living? Collect diamonds. Man. It's literally jackpot. It's just like a... It's so it, many whoa, diamonds so in tiny. one box. That's what I'm saying. And then this guy has like actual pirate gold. It's like, we're going to be rich. And he's like dropping like doubloons. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. it's a weird thing. They didn't rob money. They robbed like... Just Maybe that's how money works in the DC universe. <laughs> Everything's diamonds. There's just paper everywhere in this hallway. Diamonds and doubloons or or just digital currency. Is, Those are the three options. Is the paper currency? Are they bills? I don't know what that um, is. I don't even know. Like so if they're it's you would think they're they're robbing like after hours, right? 
but then there's like all this paper it's like were you guys you guys just ransacked the whole do you not know where the the bank vault was you just had to like go through the whole lobby first and through all the files yeah. get all these file cabinets maybe there's money in there maybe there's people's like like debt collectors that we have to like capture their documents or something i don't know people are weird nowadays they steal anything what were they trying to steal in a uh, in baby driver postage stamps or something there um uh it was uh it was uh like trap like traveler checks oh traveler checks yeah that's what it was mm, okay yeah that's a really maybe good a idea. bunch of travel yeah. checks. Travel checks are yeah. that's money. That's literally that's money. Why, that's why it made it into a movie, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but you know, overall, like, you know, this scene was something that I wanted to see this movie for. Oh man, I was mm-hmm. not ready for the Flash showing up in that scene. You when didn't I know saw he was going to be in nope. this movie. I went in this movie completely like dark, not knowing anything. I saw the trailer one time. The movie heard too much Queen. Dark. And then, like, I was just like, okay, uh, I'll wait. And then I just never went to the theater, saw it at home. And I think I texted you guys, like, r- immediately after. I was like, yo, the Flash is in this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, it was, that was a good feeling. That that's was, uh, that's the one thing that I'll take away from this movie. Good. And this besides is, magic. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. That. Two things I'll take away from this movie. Flash showing up and magic. What do you remember most about Suicide Squad, Scott? What was your biggest takeaway? Uh... Yeah, probably this, the Batman scene, and um, the um, Harley Quinn origin scene were probably the three scenes that sort of stuck out to me. Yeah, that's good. I, I think yeah. we all agree on that. Those, it's the way that these these big superheroes are like peppered in. They're like peppered in in the it's b- called a crossover mark. <laughs> yeah, but it's done in the best <laughs> way possible. It's it's what I wanted the Joker to be more like. Like. Oh, just show him, yeah, and then let's move on. Or Please show him the same amount and just tone, tone down his dialogue. Yeah, just mm-hmm. he's there. Well, I would, I, I would say even. Um, I think my my biggest issue with the Joker here is just the, um, I don't know, Ayer's take on the Joker is just aesthetically just very unpleasing. <laughs> um, like I just don't, I don't like it. I'm hoping that it was. Um, if they bring Jared Leto back at some point uh, down the line, um, I'm hoping that they, at the very least, reveal that his like his like teeth and tattoos were just like a thing that he was going for, hanging out with the particular people he hangs out with in this movie, and that none of those things were permanent. Like it was just like a I kind of like I don't that, know. like a front to, yeah. to get on the good side of like the the gang members that he's trying to or, un- Gotham underground. Or, well, and not only not only that, but like just you know, like the idea of Joker's like, oh, I'm gonna hang out with a bunch of gangbangers, mm-hmm. so this will be funny. Oh, I'll make myself yeah. look like a gangbanger. That's cool. You know? Yeah. And then if he goes yeah. and he hangs then, out with the Wall I'd be Street, okay with yeah, wears a suit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Totally. I get you. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that idea. Let's uh, fingers crossed. Hmm. Yeah. Almost like the Joker's like um. You know, like those, you know, like those old Batman uh, action figures mm-hmm. where it's like scuba Batman, yep. and, you know, Rainbow it's like Batman. that but yeah. with the Joker. Yeah. yeah. I feel like everyone's first variant of a Batman is it's scuba. scuba Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's always the first one that comes to mind. Like, Name a different Batman costume other than the only one. Uh, scuba. <laughs> scuba yeah. Batman. Because it's the most absurd. It's, it it's is. It's absurd. like the, the <laughs> like compressed air tanks on instead of the cape. It's like, yeah. all right, I guess, I guess so. You win. Um, speaking of tattoos, we're going to move on over to our 
new. Oh, yeah. Pretty quickly, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, we're in a David Ayer movie. <laughs> yes, yes. This character was the biggest surprise in this film. I know The Flash was a big surprise metahuman character for you, but this character, and even this actor, I want to talk about Jay Fernandez for a second. Um, Hernandez or Fernandez? Hernandez, I think. Hernan- oh, I don't know. Ooh. You got Her- me. Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. Um, incredible performance. Like, for this film... This is what you you know what you were saying earlier, Scott. Like these these people kind of deserved better, and this is one of those those uh, those character moments. You know, just great portrayal. A good, I would say, a good redefinition of the character. Um, we're going to talk about Diablo here, El Diablo. I'm sorry, it says Diablo in the minute, but apparently it says El Diablo in the book. I'm, yeah, the character, the char- the character um, card. The, the character card at the end of the minute it says El Diablo, but the paperwork says Diablo. You gotta go by the paperwork. Uh, I think, well, Amanda says, like, if he's known on the streets as El Diablo, mm-hmm. so maybe that's just the street name, and then they just kind of just take off the the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is our uh, pirate. It's cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> it's cleaner. And then he's, he's actually the most current uh, El Diablo in DC continuity right now. So this is what he looks like now in the comic books? Uh, he had hair and no tattoos. And okay. I think he was like a motorcycle driver, something weird. He was like Ghost Rider or something like that. Are you sure you weren't reading Ghost Rider? Ah. Uh, no, there was a new Ghost Rider that came out with a car. Um, but no, he was like, oh man. Like the first one of the first things about the Diablo was like he was some white dude with like black hair, like spiky black hair or something. So it's not like this guy. Oh yeah, look, he's right not, there. The not spiky hair. Opposite. Yeah. It's exact opposite. White uh, dude, jet black hair, like blue eyes or something. Yeah, and, and like a mm-hmm. fancy jacket. Uh, yeah, Raphael no, this, Sandoval. This this guy, this Diablo character, this was who like you know, I saw this movie twice in theaters and this was one of the reasons I wanted to go back and see this movie. I, I remember me and Johnny were like I think we were grocery shopping one day. It was like a quiet moment, and we were both at, almost at the same time. We're like, "Do you want to see Suicide Squad again?" I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I do." And I don't know what it was, but there was something magnetic about his character, and something strange about Enchantress that I wanted to see again. There was something about that whole magic being introduced to the universe. I was like, "Yeah, I kind of want to see the movie again." Um, but Diablo's character was really cool. Like there was like it, it was. It's what should have been, you know, what this movie was about for, for all these characters was the the pathos, the, the ability to feel for villains that just get annihilated if they, you know, they got to do their job, their life sucks, they might get killed, let's move on. But, like, in the process, you get to know them at least a little bit, right? And so this is one of the characters that, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of fell in love with. And... To this day, now I kind of follow what Jay Hernandez is doing, and he's a great actor. Like, you know, kudos to him and kudos to the the portrayal. I think it was a great idea uh, to have such a shocking-looking character with all these tattoos. Like, yes, be, um, I don't know, like progressive, but, like, alarming. Like, yeah, at first people aren't going to like you, and that's the point. That's the whole point of this character. And I think they just, as far as this character... I think they hit the nail on the head, and I applaud this this character. All right. I don't know. It's up to you guys. <laughs> it's up to you guys. I think the thing that I, I like most about um, the uh, the Diablo, I don't know, the whole Diablo look is that um, I know Jay Hernandez. Like, I've seen him mm-hmm. in a bunch of stuff. 
I didn't realize this was him while I was watching it. I thought this was just some new actor that I'd never heard of. Uh, and it wasn't until later that I found out it was Jay Hernandez that I was like, wait, that was the same. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, it, it just never, it never clicked for me. And that's impressive. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. Like he's like Jay Hernandez is a, is a handsome guy. Real handsome. Oh, he was in Hostel. Yeah, he was in. That's Hostel. what I know. He's him in. From. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in Expanse for like four episodes, um, but like, yeah, he was in. Uh, he was. Uh, co- he co-starred with um, Kirsten Dunst, Spider-Man's Kirsten Dunst, uh, in that movie uh, Crazy Beautiful, mm-hmm. which was like in the early two thousands. I remember that being a a really big deal, and I think kind of the movie that like broke him. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was like one of his like earliest sort of, uh, known, um, hits, I think was that movie. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, this, this is a, this is quite a, quite a character and, you know, like, I don't know, you know, the kind of, I guess Jay Hernandez wanted to take a crack at this character. I don't know what the idea was to kind of turn this character, um, into the version they have, but I'm, I'm convinced that this is, this it's a good iteration of this character. And I like that they bring in some of these characters. Like this is what I want to see more often is I want to see characters that we're not used to seeing and then redefine them for the better. And I think there's a good, excuse me. I think this is a good example of one. He, um, was, he was also in that, mm-hmm. that bright movie, yeah. which is uh that's kind of cool. Re- recycling actors. Well, Will Smith yeah. was also in it. Yeah. Too. That's what I'm saying. Recently, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that, um, this is definitely, uh, you know, Diablo in particular, I think almost more than any other character in this movie, um, you can feel the uh, David Ayer influence on. Yes. Um, like this feels like, like you could literally take this character wholesale and just place him in any other David Ayer movie. And you were like, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I, it, I mean, I'm trying to think like for the most part, yeah. Like the characters, um, they, they, you know, this was David Ayer's like trying to chase the real type of thing. And, and yeah, you know, it, it makes sense, you know, when they, when they explain like who Diablo is, like, he's like this LA, like, I guess like a kingpin somewhat, like he kind of owns his, his area of LA. Um, and I don't know if he, I don't know, I guess he just, for the love of money, just, he just chased after it. But it, it does kind of make sense, like, his origin, like, the quick origin that we get of it. It's like, okay, his name is El Diablo. He's tattoos. He's got, you know, he's, you know, he's got fire, uh, what does it say, pyrokinetic abilities. And it's like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. It's a villain. Like, done. It just, I'm just sold. It's, it's almost one of those things that once it clicks, you're like, oh, wow, that, I don't know why we didn't think of this in the first place, <laughs> you know, like, so I, you know, I hope they continue this trend, you know, and I, in some weird way, I want this character to, to come back in like a sequel, like somehow, maybe he just survives as a flame, you know, somehow. Fireman. Fireman. Um, but yeah, they, uh, Amanda Waller is introducing uh, Diablo here and we kind of we get like the beginning we get like the ending of his story right the ending of uh of the, of the tragic like reason he was caught um and with little to no information they say he surrendered we didn't go after him he just surrendered so right away we're kind of like 
okay, is that a, an important note? And we'll, you know, we'll come back to that later in the film, but it does start to set up this idea that he is more than we um, make him out to be like judge him. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, like the whole judging book by its cover kind of thing. Like they're already setting that up. And I think that's great. All right. Yeah. Yeah, We'll get, we'll get a lot more, a lot more into him. Yeah. He's got some good moments in this movie. I'm excited to talk about Diablo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's all I have for this one. Oh yeah. Guys. No, that's way, way more than I had. So (laughs) good on us. All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU minutes and the Facebook group, the DC cinematic minute listener society. And we'll catch you guys back tomorrow for minute number 17 of suicide squad minute.